have a seat. And uh, we are celebrating uh, this, this season of Advent, four weeks leading up to Christmas. And if you were here Wednesday night, uh, God just met us in an awesome way at Advent Cafe. And we talked about the four key words that help our hearts prepare for Jesus' coming. Uh, you know, it's one thing to receive Him by faith as our leader and forgiver, and I hope and pray that's happened for you. And it's another thing to remember every year at this time of year that Jesus is going to come back again at the end of time, and He is going to gather His people to Himself. And so we look forward to Christ coming again. And Advent has all of those themes together, talks about hope and love and joy and peace. And so when we were thinking about those four words as our themes for these four Sundays leading up to uh, Christmas Day, anybody know what day of the week Christmas falls on this year? <laughs> Sunday, that's right. And uh, I was talking to some pastors the other day, they said, oh, we're not having church on Sunday. On Christmas Day, you know, everybody's tired and whatever. We're having church on Christmas Day, all right? We are the few, the brave, the proud, the marine, something like that. I don't know. But we are going to be here Christmas Day at 11 o'clock for one service, Christmas Eve for two services, and Christmas Eve, It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody like that movie? And have good memories about it, and it teaches a lot of valuable lessons. Next week, Pastor Shane is up with Miracle on 34th Street. Um, anybody know anyone that's kind of skeptical about spiritual things? Uh, they sort of got that scientific mind, and of course, that theme runs through that movie. And today, for the theme of joy, we chose a movie with great depth. <laughs> Elf. What's your, I, I posted on Facebook, what's your favorite line from Elf? You know, it was like, smiling is my favorite, right? If it's got sugar on it, yes, I want to eat it. Um, in all those little moments through the movie, if you're not a a fan of the movie Elf. You may need a little refresher on the storyline because it's a little odd. Um, this baby is given up by its uh, teenage mother. She's not married. He's in an orphanage. Santa comes and the baby crawls into Santa's sack, right? The toy bag. And gets taken back to the North Pole where he crawls out among all the elves and uh, soon he begins to grow and grow and grow <laughs> and grow. And they figure out he's not an elf after a very long, longer than it should have taken him to figure it out, frankly. And, uh, and so with that news, he uh, is told by Santa that he has a father. The father is kind of this crusty, cynical businessman who lives in New York City, doesn't even know he has a son, but Buddy the Elf... Uh, Will Ferrell <laughs> decides to go back and find his dad. And so it sets up this tension between Buddy's kind of sweetness and innocence, his joy for living, and the struggles of everybody else, you know, all the people who are not that joyful this Christmas. So with that in mind, let's watch a little scene uh, when Buddy arrives in New York City. Fortune falling all over town. Be sure that you're a brother. 
up, 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 upside down and trading for a package of sunshine and ravioli. Macaroni, if you want the thing you love. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. It's great to meet you. Hi. Now come over here, boy. Sam. And every time it rains, it rains. And don't you know it's confident? You keep hoping he's not going to eat that gum, and every time he has it again. Well, you know, we've, we've said behind all of the movies, there's a message, right? A bigger message, a better message. A Christmas is full of joy because Jesus brought joy, right? Now, Buddy says that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Well, that's good, but I got something even better than that, right? We know someone, something better than that. The joy that passes understanding, that comes from God, that fills our lives, even when things are hard. You know, it's true that uh, Christmas isn't easy for everyone, and some especially have challenges at Christmas. So we're going to look at that. If you take your program on the back, there's an outline there. And we're going to walk through three particular scriptures that talk about why Christians can have a special kind of joy at Christmas, the kind that only God can give. And the first fill in there is that Christmas joy is essential. What I was seeing there was it's part of the essence of Christmas. Joy Joy for the shepherds, joy for Mary, joy for uh, Joseph and the wise men. There's joy all over the pages of the New Testament when it comes to the true story of the birth of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, I love the way Luke tells the story of the coming of Christ. And he says regarding the shepherds, when the angels sang to them, they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring what? Great joy. How much joy? Great joy to all people. Now that's a pretty, that's a pretty big statement, isn't it? Great joy to all people. For the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, 
has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Not only could the shepherds have great joy, the angels said it was all of us who could have great joy. Joy is at the heart of the Christmas season. It's interesting to study the history of Christmas, how Christians came to choose this particular time of year and the things that we chose to do. You know, all of the elements, uh, Pastor Shane talked about the lights of Christmas, and they have a spiritual connection to Jesus, the light of the world. Um, the fact that Christmas is such a, a, a happy time. Has anybody been to a party this Christmas yet? Anybody? Now, I know that all the Day, Davis and Free Methodist staff, we had a party. And uh, <laughs> we, we had a lot of fun. Somebody was saying we had almost too much fun, right? We, anybody play the game heads up with your cell phone on your forehead and everyone's yelling out clues and you're you know, doing that whole thing and, and we had good food. Anyone have any good food yet this Christmas? Um, do you have food that's kind of special Christmassy food that you don't usually have any other time of year? At Christmas, what, somebody yells something out, what's a kind of food you look forward to at Christmas? Fruitcake. Fruit well, there's one, right? There's one in every crowd. What else? Popcorn balls. Popcorn balls, yay. Anything else? Cheese balls. Cheese balls, yes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, what's the name? Pumpkin pie with real whipped cream. We have smoked cheese at Christmas. I don't know why we have it at Christmas. We don't usually have it, but we have it at Christmas. Now, there's usually, as anybody grew up in a family where uh, in the stocking, in the toe of the stocking, you put an orange or a, a, you know, there's a story to that because there was a time when it was hard to get an orange in the winter, right? Back when uh, the preservation of food was more challenging and, and um, transportation of food was hard. So you didn't have much citrus in the, in the wintertime. And so it was a special treat to have an orange. That's why the orange goes in the toe of the stocking instead of what? If you're bad, what do you get in your stocking? Lump of coal. <laughs> so anyway, you don't get coal, you get an orange, all right? Why? Because you want something, a food that's special. Uh, in North America, I read the list this week of Christmas food. In Canada, where I grew up, it's plum pudding, eggnog, gingerbread, and trifle. Now, it's a small world. We can all have some of that. In, in America, it's candy canes, Christmas ham, seafood, and chocolate. I don't know if you have any. Or you can have all that together. And then you're, you'd be like Buddy in the bucket there at the end. But the point is that we choose to have special food that is unique, sometimes a little more expensive, something we don't have all the time, because we're celebrating, right? What are we celebrating? Good news of great joy. That's right, we're celebrating Jesus. How about the songs of Christmas, the joy that comes through the music of Christmas? Um, our family... When we get together at Christmas, we sing. What's, what's one of your favorite Christmas songs? Anybody? Silent Night. That's always a favorite. What else? Joy to the World. We just sang that one. Uh, 
One more. Angels we have heard on high. Our, our youngest grandchild. Have I mentioned my grandkids? They're exceptional. And, uh, and Kalia, that's her favorite song. It's her favorite song because she gets to say, oh, you know, on and on and on. But the music of Christmas is special because it celebrates, okay? It's, it's a symbol of the joy. If you have joy in your heart, it expresses itself. And so the, the angels told the shepherds that Jesus brings joy. Good news of great joy. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the bread of life. He is the reason for the season. He is the source of all joy. That's the first thing. Then second is that Christmas joy is elusive. It's hard to find and hard to keep. In James, there's a, he begins his uh, short letter in the New Testament with a pretty amazing passage. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, does that remind you of anybody? Right? We already said the, the, the angels said they brought good news of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. I was thinking about the ways our faith is tested at Christmas. Sometimes there's just the sheer physical stress of the Christmas season. A lot of travel. If you're a young family and you got both sides of the family, you spend some of Christmas with his side and some of Christmas with her side. Sometimes it's a work party. If you both work, then there's two parties for that. And then there's the things that we have here in the church. And sometimes it's just the sheer pace of the holidays can get to you. Then there's the emotional stress some experience. We already mentioned that. Uh, depression, grief, loneliness. The truth about our culture is that those things all tend to get a little uh, deeper and stronger for some people at Christmas. It's just that overload factor. Author David Crabtree said this, December is full of long, clamorous days, culminating in a never-ending list of concerts, parties, shopping, feasting, family, and travel, and we arrive at Bethlehem suffering from heat exhaustion. On Christmas Eve, we can rush to church to sing joy to the world and then rush off after church to buy one last gift or go to one last party. Before long, it's all over, and we save the bows and burn the wrappings and strip the tree and sigh deeply. And inside, we may or, be, or may not be aware that we've kind of missed the point. I love this. Unless we engage our hearts in a true celebration of Jesus, Christmas joy we can find ourselves just going through the motions. What about financial stress? <laughs> Buying gifts you can't afford for people who don't really need the stuff anyway. Uh, Pastor Cody did an awesome job talking about joy this past Wednesday night at our Advent Cafe. And he talked about temporary joy, you know, superficial joy. And he held up his Discover card and said, you know, that, that uh, you can only buy so much, but it, you can't buy happiness. The thing I like about the Discover card is about every month you discover how much you spent. 
right? And how much you owe. And isn't it the truth about all of us that Christmas can, can put pressure on us financially? And that adds to the stress and, and fights against our joy. Just one, two more things. Relationally, I think it's interesting that over the holidays we tend to spend more time with family and friends than we would normally spend, especially sort of in an extended period of time. All the things that we don't usually uh, dig into eventually bubble to the surface. Does anybody think that this Christmas there'll be disagreements about politics and with family discussion, you know, whether the greatest thing has just happened or perhaps something that you didn't care for has just happened? How are you going to handle that? I think, I think as Christians, we need to decide going into this that we're going to take the high road, right? That we're going to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Amen? Well, that's what I think anyway. Uh, and then there's the relational stress that many of us feel because there'll be an empty chair. Whether it's because of divorce or death or distance or some other issue, Someone we love won't be there this Christmas. And that challenges our joy. And finally, I think about the spiritual stress. You know, if Christmas is all about Jesus, and it is, then if you're struggling with Jesus inside, it sort of intensifies the struggle. You you really can't avoid it. And if there's something that you need to deal with between you and God and you've been putting it off or pushing it aside, oftentimes that kind of bubbles to the surface. And then there are family dynamics, spiritual dynamics, people who really don't want to hear about Jesus. You know, they just want to keep the holiday, you know, fun and lights and food and leave Jesus out. And then there are those of us who have a passion to express our faith and Christmas is a great time to do that. And what do you do when those two values clash? So I'm committed to finding ways with the help of God not to lose my joy. Whether it's about the stress of the season or the stress in my own heart or the issues in our family dynamics who will all be getting together. Like I said a moment ago, I think it's important for followers of Jesus to say, with God's help, I want to be part of the solution. With God's help, I want to, I want to find my joy, not happiness. Uh, happiness comes from what happens, right? The root word is the same. What happens leads to happiness. So if everything's going great, Nobody ever says anything controversial. If we don't have any problems, then we're happy. But what happens when we don't feel all that well or when the dynamics in the room aren't all that great? Then are we unhappy? Well, we can be unhappy about the things that are happening, but happiness comes from outside. Joy comes from inside. Joy is a choice, and it comes from inside. Um, the fruit of the Spirit. Anyone heard that expression before? The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So do you make joy happen or do you let joy happen? Do you open yourself to the Spirit of God or do you force 
something that isn't really real. See, joy comes uh, as a natural expression of a close relationship with Jesus. And that's the last point. Uh, the, the joy of the Christmas season is evidence of a relationship. And that's probably my favorite moment in the movie Elf. <laughs> because uh, Buddy knows that he has met the real Santa, right? And there are all these fake Santas that, that uh, are around, and he's about to meet one of those too. But I love the scene where he's excited about meeting the real Santa. Let's watch that. Wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! <laughs> Santa here? I know him. I know him. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, you can't, I mean, I can't help but see that and think about the fact that um, the center of my Christmas is Jesus, right? And, in, and when I think about Jesus and all the the, the Christmas songs and the Christmas sayings and, the, and uh, even the scripture readings, when I think about that, there's something inside me that says, I know him, right? I know him. I know the real Jesus. He's not just a, um, a card, a greeting card. He's not just a song I sing. He's not even just what a, a vague personality we talk about in church. He's the leader of my life. He's the one who's changed me from the inside out. The Apostle Paul wrote about it this way in his letter to the Philippian Christians. He said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so I could gain Christ and become one with him. This Christmas, I hope there is a moment in your life when you say, I have the infinite value of knowing him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. I have become righteous through what? I have become righteous through faith in Christ. Faith in Christ is how we know him, right? How we really know him. And it's my prayer that this Christmas, I was thinking about the first Christmas, about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and the challenges they all faced. You know, it wasn't easy, right? It wasn't easy. Imagine Mary having that angel come to her, tell her she's going to have a baby miraculously, and she's engaged to be married, promised to be married, not married yet, she's a teenage girl, and what does she face? A, a really terrifying possibility that her fiancé is going to disown her because he knows the baby's not his. They haven't had sexual relations. See, he knows that. So when she tells him that she's going to have a baby and she says it's going to be the Son of God, what's he going to say? What are her parents going to say? What's going to happen to her? And Joseph, Joseph is told by an angel, right, that he's, 
he's intending to have Mary put away because he can't believe the story that she tells. And the angel says, take him home. Take her home and take the baby and name the child. Serve as his father. And I'm sure there's a whole list of questions and uncertainties in Joseph's life. We were just talking yesterday. We had a big road trip down to see friends down in Toledo and on our way back we were talking about the Christmas story and what it was really like and what Joseph must have thought and how he must have felt. And we see in the story of the first Christmas Mary and Joseph finding joy in Jesus, right? They know him. They hold him. They love him. They worship him. The shepherds come to see the Christ child just as the angels have told them. Good news of great joy which will be for all people including you. Including me. This Christmas, don't miss the joy. The joy of Jesus is the center of the season. Knowing him makes all the difference even when life is hard. So my prayer is that you have inside or will have inside that spirit that says, oh yeah, Christmas, Jesus, I know him. I know him. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for the joy that you bring by your Holy Spirit living in us. And just now as we close this part of our service, I pray for everyone here. You know what we face You know the pressures that we feel at times, the challenges to our joy. And I pray that, Lord, if there's anybody that's facing an emotional challenge this Christmas, sort of discouraged or depressed in some way, that you will help us to get past the circumstances and realize it's more than just a feeling, but that by trusting in you, we can have peace and joy and love in our hearts and your Holy Spirit. I pray for those of us who have relational challenges, who realize that over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a conversation or two. There's going to be a, a gathering. It might feel a little bit awkward. And I pray that you would help us to be instruments of your peace and examples of your joy. Help us to act and speak in ways that bring Christ into the experience, into the moment. And Lord, if there's an opportunity for us to reach out a hand, to offer a hug, to speak words of affirmation and acceptance, Lord, may the love of Jesus and the joy of Jesus shine through us this Christmas. right now I pray for those of us facing spiritual challenges that if there's anything that's between us and you that makes us uncomfortable that sense of struggle or guilt or distance I pray right now that you would help us to reach out and accept the forgiving grace of God to invite you to be our leader and forgiver. Lord Jesus, forgive all of my sins and live in my heart and help me to walk close with you. Pray for everyone in this room that 
we would be freely forgiven everything and that you would make us instruments of joy and peace to other people and may we actually help someone else to find your joy there's nothing better than that so thank you Lord for meeting us here and hearing our prayers touching our lives for the joy that Jesus brings may all of us be able to say I know him I know Jesus I love him and may he make all the difference this Christmas in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. Let's stand and let's sing about the joy that Jesus brings.